0: Well, dude, you are the senior MMA news editor at The Score, journalist, show host, a video editor. Man, thank you, James, so much for taking time out of your day, man. I appreciate it.
1: Hey, thank you for having me on. I know we've been trying to do this for a while. Uh, You know, we've both been kind of busy, but I'm glad we made it happen, man. I'm a a big fan of the show, so I'm happy to be on. Thank you so much, man. I wanted to go back a little bit. When did you become a a
0: Fight fan, and was there somebody that influenced that upon you at at a young age?
1: No, it really, like, oh, so I'll tell t- it's kind of like a two-part um, thing for me. So I grew up a pro wrestling fan, like I think most people did. Um, yeah. And we're talking the Attitude Era. You can kind of figure out my age and everything. Um, <laughs> and um, I was totally into it. And probably the time when, like, WWF, back when it was called WWF, merged with WCW, for some reason, that's when I stopped watching. I kind of lost that that passion for for pro wrestling and, you know, just went on and, and you know, was. Um, you know sort of into other sports and stuff i live in canada so obviously hockey is like like a big thing so fast forward to when i'm in college and uh, i'm flipping through the channel like i remember this distinctly this is what's so interesting it's like i'm flipping through the channels and um, i see this show come on and i see these guys like kind of getting into it or whatever and it was the ultimate fighter it was the first season and it was the episode where if you remember chris liebman uh gets drunk and uh (laughs) pours water on him and he he knocks on the door and i'm like what the heck is this like this is like, you know, this is like quality reality television back then. This is sort of like the boom of reality TV or like the peak of it, I should say. Yeah. And uh, from there, I, I realized I was like, oh, this is the UFC. And, and I really like one of the things that the, the first season of The Ultimate Fighter did so well was they really like made characters. Like you, you you know, you were sort of sympathetic to Chris Lehman or you hated Chris Lehman. Right. Because like he, you know, he had the alcohol problems. And then, you know, part of you also was like, man, can you overcome this? He seems like a talented fighter. Anyway, so from that moment on, when I started watching that, I I basically, I remember that summer, they had like a a binge, um, like they were doing a a repeat of the entire season. I watched the entire thing. I was hooked. From there, I started watching all the UFC pay-per-views, started watching Pride. And it sort of led to there. And then that, like, it just, from that, it transitioned into just like, yeah, me, like being a regular fan and and, you know this was back when like if you were a UFC fan it was like this cool secret that like everyone knew and everyone was like into it and stuff and now obviously it's you know you're getting all these different fans coming through but I remember at the time like it was like this cool thing I knew about that not everyone was into that that's sort of like what I remember this we're talking like I think this would have been like 2004 I think
0: Yeah, yeah, it was somewhere in there for sure. Uh, I remember I was actually living with a guy who was a semi professional wrestler by the name of Mr. Sexy. And uh, so that was uh, (laughs) the the time when I remember the ultimate fighter coming out at that time. That was awesome. uh, Did you ever fight yourself?
1: I, I did not, no. I played hockey growing up. That was my support. Okay. Very, you know, I'm really playing into the Canadian stereotype here, but I uh, know it was, it, was, uh, it was hockey and rug, rugby for me growing up and uh, a little bit of soccer as well. But uh, no, I never got into it. That's that's one of the things, like, I, I kind of wish that I did have that martial arts background. Um, that's something I'm looking to get into in the future, even, you know, as old as I am. But, um, you know, for me, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's something unfortunately I never got into, but I can certainly respect it. I think that's why also I'm a fan is I can definitely respect the dedication these athletes put into it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's a big thing for me too. I've never been in the cage except for like a Photoshop or, you know, photo op or something like that. Right. You know, and uh, so when I meet these guys and they're, I've never met a mean fighter. Like they're always the nicest guys, which is uh, hilarious to me, you know?
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and that's the thing, like, and a lot of people just assume, I mean, the stereotype from those outside of our bubble, so to speak, is that a lot of these fighters are meatheads, and they're not. A lot of them are yeah. college educated. They're, you know, very intelligent. And I think that's one of the reasons, too, um, you know, I really enjoy doing interviews as well, is because you hear these backstories, and everyone has something that's a little bit unique. You know, it's not always the rag to riches. I had to fight to, you know, pay my rent. It was, you know, a lot of these fighters are like, you know what, I don't like a nine to five. This is a lot cooler than, you know, going into an office, and I can respect that.
0: Yeah. Did you go to college for broadcasting specifically to get in MMA or was it just kind of in general, you were going in there for broadcasting?
1: So I wanted to be a hockey broadcaster. And in fact, okay. I mean, I, that's, that's still kind of like something, you know, maybe down the line I could do. I, I mean, yeah. I don't know, but um, no, that was the plan was that I was going to be a, a hockey broadcaster. I was obsessed with it. It's still, you know, one of my favorite sports. Um, it's probably, it probably is my favorite sport next to MMA. Um, so, you know, for me, that was the path I was going on. And I kind of, as I got through school, I, I, I did a communications degree first in university wasn't really hands on, and I was kind of feeling like I was missing something because I could, you know, they taught you how to write and think big ideas and all that, but uh, nothing really applicable to what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a broadcaster. So I then went to college for two years, took a television broadcasting course, finished it, and that's where it sort of snowballed into me, um, you know, deciding to go and covering MMA because I think at the time what I realized is like there's so many people trying to be hockey broadcasters in Canada. This thing that, like I said, like I said, back when I was a fan, MMA was sort of this like cool secret. And I thought like, well, why not go this route? Because like no one's really covering it as much. And I remember back then, like, it's so funny how the landscapes change. Like I remember when I was like, like, you know, reading up on MMA news, like Ariel Hawani was not a thing. I remember when it was Sherdog yeah. sure and TJ DeSantis and Josh Gross. And you know, <laughs> that was sort of my hub at the underground. I mean, all those things were sort of on my radar at the time when it came to getting news. I remember MMA weekly used to have their rumor mill used to see like, who was going to potentially be fighting. Like, it was so different back then so i thought you know why not try and break in that route and um and it wasn't really until i started working at fight network uh which was located in toronto which i had moved to at the time uh, that i really started actually working in mma but um but yeah it was that that's sort of what led to it it wasn't like this was my you know as a child it was like i'm gonna be an mma reporter it's like no i was hockey reporter and then i took a sharp right and went into mma
0: (laughs) i mean you've worked for sheer dog and flow combat and, and ultimately now with the score they actually came after you I'd love to hear how all that went down. And that seems like a pretty cool opportunity that you're at the score now, but they actually came to you uh, to come work for them. Right.
1: Yeah. You know, you never really know what to expect. Like there's no blueprint on how to be successful in this industry. Right. Like if you look at like other sports, like football, hockey, whatever, there's usually sort of a a process, you know, you work for like a local paper, you work your way up, you cover, you know, try and cover the team, whatever. With MMA, there's, there isn't, there isn't really that. So, um, I'll give you the coals notes of this because it is kind of a long story. But um, so basically, I was working a day job for years. Um, I worked in television; that was sort of my background. I used the, you know, my communications degree to, to be, you know, as a video editor for the most part. Um, and uh, you know, I was I was doing MMA on the side. And actually, I I left Fight Network. I was there for about three years, and I left just because. I wasn't making a lot of money and you know, I was getting older and I was like, I got to start saving some money here. I can't just, you know, I can, I can do this dream as much. And the other thing was I wanted to be on camera. Right. So sure. back when I was at fight network, it was Robin black and it was John Pollock and it was John Ramdean. And there was no chance I was going to get a spot there with three people ahead of me. Right. That had been there for a while. Sure. So I made the move to TSN. I worked there as an editor. And while I was at TSN, I decided to start writing because they didn't have anyone doing any stuff for their MMA site. And this was before they got to gotcha. the, the, the UFC rights. At the time when I was there, Sportsnet had the the rights in Canada, so TSN wasn't like they weren't huge into MMA like they are now. Right. So I was freelancing with them for a bit. Um, from that, that led to me doing a podcast, not with TSN, but just on the side, um, which ended up getting picked up by MMA Odds Breaker, and then MMA Odds Breaker, um, like they were like, hey, you know, we will, we'll, you know, we'll host, we'll host your podcast and all this. And then I, I sort of looked into it and I was like, hey, well, what if I, what if I did some writing and. You know because it was a paid job which was great like you know paid yeah. gigs are, are very few and far between so right i started doing the podcast and i started doing um writing and then i was kind of like you know i like doing these interviews on my podcast but i hate transcribing and i'm like i always wanted to be on camera so that's sort of the birth of where the video interview started and i got to give credit credit to uh, frank trick because he actually worked at oddsbreaker at the time and he was doing video interviews and i was kind of like i could do this too and I, I asked you know the owner i said you know would you be opposed to me doing Video interviews along with Frank, you know, I won't focus on the big names, I'll focus on sort of the regional fighters, because I don't think a lot of them, you know, get um, the exposure that they want. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so that's sort of what started. I mean, this was back in 2013, 2014. And I just was like, I'm gonna interview as many people as I can, because like, I need the experience, right? So, yeah. um, so fast forward. So, so, so we'll start with that. So I, you know, I, I was freelancing with Odds I still had my day job, I think at the time, I had moved uh, to Discovery Channel, and then I moved to uh, Rogers, which is where I was up until 2017. And at that point, I was freelancing for oddsbreaker. I wasn't freelancing for TSN anymore because um, the, the company I worked for in my day job, they're like a competitor of TSN. So oh, okay. it was a conflict of interest. So I had to give that up, and I ended up freelancing for their network, Sportsnet. Gotcha. Um, so it's freelancing for Sportsnet, freelancing for Oddsbreaker, And then Full Combat actually came to me as well, and I ended up doing some stuff for them for a couple years. Um, so... Fast forward to October, 2017. I'm going to be a dad for the first time. I can't do both of these things. I can't have a day job and I can't do this on the side. And I just couldn't imagine me giving this up because I had worked at it for years. And I was like, you know, there's no way I like, I like, I love doing this. So I kind of added up, I crunched the numbers a little bit. And I'm like, you know what, if I get on a couple more outlets, I could probably just do this full time. Yeah. I'd be losing the benefits and all that, but like, I really love doing this. Like it'd be worth the move. So I took the leap. Got on with Fightful, got on with Fansighted at the time. And uh, yeah, I did that full time. I, I switched a couple outlets here and there. I substituted Fansided uh, for SureDog. Um, and, and you know, I picked up some other outlets. Turp House, which is a CBD oil company, uh, brought me on to do some interviews for them. So I was basically freelancing for about six websites up until May of this year. And I was fine doing that. I mean, there's always struggles when you're a freelancer. You never know if there's always going to be work and it's always right. unpredictable. But what I liked about being a freelancer is that if I ever got let go from a position, I'd still have income coming in. And that was always nice. I mean, the pay wasn't amazing, but it was enough where, you know, I can support my family. So fast forward yeah. to May, score comes at me. And I was kind of under the mentality, like, I'll only take a full-time position if it's something that fits. So when the score came to me, they're like, you know, we're interested. We want to build our department, all this, blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, well, here's what I do. I do video interviews, as I'm sure you guys see. I, I have a lot of contacts now because I've spent years sort of building up those relationships. Yeah. And um, I'm like is this something you guys are into and they're like absolutely and you know we're we're interested in covering events and paid travel and all that and I was like all right well this works so I left six websites and I went to this job because One of the things I think people watching this, I don't know if they're aware, like full-time jobs in MMA are like few and far between. They're kind of like the unicorn of this world. Like it's like if if I had to give a percentage of people that cover this full-time, I'd say it's as low as like 15 to 20%. Like a lot of the people you see at events are not people that cover this full-time. They do it on the side because there's just not a lot of money and there's not a lot of full-time positions available. So my thinking at the time was I got to take this. Now, of course, what happened after that was they did all those hirings with, you know, the athletic and junkie and all that. But I I still think at the time it was the right decision because... Um, you know, I was going to get to do what I like doing, which is which is my video content. So um, yeah, so pretty much that's what happened. And, and, and that's, that's where I've been ever since.
0: Come on, man. That's awesome, dude. One of the cool things I like about your show is they're short, they're digestible, you know, they kind of get right to the point there. Was that kind of your plan when you started interviewing fighters like that short sort of episode versus those hour long podcasts?
1: Well, that's the thing too. I was realizing that there's so many MMA pockets out there. I, I kind of discovered this years ago where I'm like, why would someone listen to my interview with a fighter when like Ariel Hawani's is probably interviewing the same fighter or something along those lines? Or why, why would you hear my UFC breakdown over Luke Thomas's right? Like a lot of people, I don't think, think that they think that I'm just, I, I like, I like, there's really people who, and I don't mean to crap on certain people, but it's like there's people who are just so like, they don't get it where it's like, they just think that, well, I have such a unique take. That's not enough. Like, unless you're really specific, you have found a specific niche like, that's the wrong mentality to have. There's, I'm not saying don't cover the UFC or don't don't cover that, but just know that you're in competition with, like, 100 other people. Like, there's people all over the world covering the sport, and the key is to find that niche. So what I did with the video interviews was, yeah, number one, I focused on regional fighters because not a lot of them get exposure. I see more getting it now, which is great. Yeah. Two, a lot of people weren't doing video at the time, which I think is important, get the camera time, you know, all that. I mean, there's fighters that they need to learn this, right? Like, when you're getting interviewed post-fight in the octagon, you got to have a good interview because it's going to determine who you're going to fight next, it's going to determine your pay scale, We've learned that in a lot of ways, the self-promotion side of it. And I'd say the other thing too is just that yeah I'm I'm someone who you know I don't have a short attention span so I want to get to the point I don't need to drag this on and you have to remember on YouTube like people aren't going to sit and listen to like a one hour thing they might maybe they're in an office job and they have time but there's just so many podcasts out there so I wanted to make it individual and I wanted to make it uh, shorter so that's why I always aim for about 10 to 15 minutes and for the fighters it's easier too like a lot of them are busy they have you know training and, and they have families and things like that so for me it was just a little bit easier for them to do and there yeah. wasn't that pressure of knowing it's like oh god like I got to get out of here and like i don't know what to say right like i'm sure some of them have had so, to experience that but the shorter the better
0: yeah i love the the fighter interview tips video that you did because i felt convicted i'm the guy who's the t-shirt guy who's interviewing people and you probably can't tell if you didn't know who i was but i'm the guy who's interviewing the fighter sometimes right so yeah. here i'm wearing a, a college shirt based <laughs> off your video like <laughs> i had to make sure that's something definitely that i want to uh you know, be more professional, but how important is that for guys who are interviewing fighters to have that professional look when they're either doing video or, you know, at an event? So I, I,
1: and, and, you know, I wasn't singling you out or anything like that. Like yeah, for yeah, totally me, it's just, it's it's, 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 it's just my opinion. I think that yeah. um, if you're watching a video, you should know who's doing the interview. And I think part yeah. of that is dressing the part. And, um, you know, I, I see I see people, you know, wearing T-shirts, wearing hats or whatever. I mean, if, if that's like a gimmick you want to run with, fair enough. But I just don't see the advantage of it. I think, uh, you yeah. know, wearing a collared shirt, nothing too crazy. I'm not wearing a suit every day. I mean, I, you know, I do like dressing up, but I don't need to do that for every single interview. I think just looking professional is – is important. And uh, especially at events, like it drives me nuts that I'll see, even at UFC events, I'll see people wearing like runners, wearing like, you know, the bare minimum they have to. Why wouldn't you go the extra mile? You know, right. like if you're doing an interview, you want to know who's being interviewed, right? Like, yeah. it's like sometimes the fighters are better dressed than some of the media members. And I just think it's one of those small things you can do that yep. really goes a long way. And I, you know, I'm, I'm a boarding school guy. I went to, you know, private school in high school. So I've, I've kind of always had that mentality. Like, you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. So why not look your best?
0: Right. Yep. Absolutely. Now you've interviewed several hundred fighters, maybe even in the thousands. I'm not sure, but what's the most awkward moment that you've had with a fighter while interviewing them?
1: Well, it doesn't exist on my channel anymore. I kept it up for a while, but I had a fighter actually get upset with me on air, like after the first question, because of something, I interviewed another fighter and they were talking smack about said fighter. Now. This fighter, I think like, and, and this isn't anyone like notable, it's like a regional fighter. So yeah. I interviewed this fighter, like we set up the interview, got everything to go. And like, I just assumed everything was fine. And then first question is like, I don't appreciate how you said this about me. And I had to cut him off mid-sense and being like, look, I didn't say anything. So yeah. the, the fighter I was interviewing said something bad about you, but that's, that's my job. I have to interview fight. And then it wasn't like I was aching the fighter <laughs> on. I just said, I think I was, I think I was asking the fighter why the fight didn't happen. And this right. you kind know, of fighter sort of went off in the other fighter. But it was so awkward on air. And I'm like, this doesn't benefit anyone because you look like, like I put the interview up and I said, look, I got nothing to hide. I'll throw it out here. This is the interview. And I let it live. I think I'd probably let it live for like a year. But then after that, it's just like, there's no point in me keeping it up. So I, um, yeah, I took it off, I think like a year later, but I did keep it up for a while. But people like people were coming to me being like, you were in the right here. Like you did your job. Like this person's just being ridiculous. So, yeah. um, So, yeah, I mean, I've I've had moments like that. Like not every interview goes according to plan. Um, Another one that comes to mind, just like totally unexpected if you go watch the media scrum for, I'm trying to remember which fight it was. It was a Robbie Lawler fight. I want to okay. say it was his fight against, was it against Askren? No, it might've been the fight before that against, okay. um, I'm trying to remember which fight it was. Anyways, I'll, I'll have to look this up. But um, I asked him about the Wonderboy fight because BJ Pan had reported, I think that year in January, or whatever i like, I found the article and everything that he was rumored to fight Wonderboy. And I just brought up the fight. I said, is that something you'd be interested in after this fight? Right? Like, just like this was during a media scrum and Robbie like, gave me like this stone cold look and he was all upset and he's like that fight never that fight was never never in the works or whatever and I was like okay like what, like like he just but he was so upset that I had asked him this and I'm like this is like a regular question so sometimes you'll get stuff where it's unpredictable right so right. you just you have to be on your toes at all time you never know but Robbie Lawler definitely gave me the death stare for absolutely no reason <laughs> interesting
0: is there ever a fight that you talked to that were like man this guy is just like the coolest down to earth chill dude I've ever talked to
1: yeah, you know, there's a lot. Um, you know, I think um, I, I really like. Uh, I, I've been a big fan of uh, Devonte Smith for a while. He's a lightweight in the UFC. I think he's sort of got that it factor as far as like a you know an up and coming fighter that really has a good personality. Um, I'm trying to think who else comes to mind. I mean, just there, there's so many good interviews that in terms of like you know you, you get the personalities out there. Um, Gosh, I should be better at this. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll stick with him. as cool. my pick. Um, Smith is just one of those guys that he's, he's always entertaining. He always has something to say, and I just like interviews where you don't have to you know carry the water too much. They they sort of do it themselves. They're good self-promoters. I mean, I've interviewed Colby. I mean, obviously he has a couple of good one-liners as well as <laughs> yeah. far as some of that stuff goes. Some of the stuff I'm kind of like, okay, you know, a little out there, but um, <laughs> yeah. you know, he he's always an, uh, an easy interview. Um, you know, Grant Dawson's another one. He's actually fighting on the UFC 246 card. He gave he had a great line just about the division and just talking about how, you know, he's fighting tougher opponents. And I like it when fighters sort of come prepared and they know what to say. And, and that yeah. always makes the interview a lot easier.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to transition to just a few fun questions here real quick. Absolutely. I've, I've got these uh, pod decks. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of these. These are pretty rad. So it's basically interview questions at random to help podcasters Love or it. coffee Love talk. It table. I'm going to randomly pull one out. We'll see if maybe it'll be a flop. Maybe it'll be good. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. So it says, right have you ever worn clothing with labels or tags still attached?
1: I don't think I, no, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. That, that, that's not really my thing. Usually I get it from the store right after I, uh, I, I take that sucker off here. Like, you know, people do that with hats, right? Like right, I've never yeah. been like that guy, like the stickers immediately off when I, uh, when I, when I'm doing that. So oh, that's so, yeah.
0: awesome. We'll yeah. grab another one here. It says, what is your most unusual talent?
1: Oh, um trying to think. No, I, I, lo- I love that question. Um, uh, as, as far as, um, you know, talents and stuff, I'm trying to think of something that like makes me a little bit unique. Um, I'm really good at NHL 94 on the Sega Genesis. There you Come go. Come
0: on. Yeah, there we go. Um, I'm a music guy. Always love to ask this question, but what's your favorite type of
1: music or favorite band that you listen to? You know, I, it's kind of a variety I really like. I'm, I'm very nostalgic. I like a lot of the 90s grunge music. Um, you know, I've yeah. seen Pearl Jam in concert a few times. I saw Soundgarden when they, you know, got back together. And, and this was, you know, before Chris Cornell, unfortunately, uh, you know, passed away. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of the grunge music because it brings me back to my day. And I also, I'm from the West Coast. So it was obviously big here when I was growing up. Uh, yeah. Seattle is like three hours away from where I live. So, um, yeah, i probably go with grunge music. As far as like, like a favorite album, I don't think I have one. But I definitely like anything from the 90s grunge era, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden any of that stuff sign me up i'm 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 totally down for that two more questions for you what's the best part about being a dad Uh, just seeing my son kind of vicariously live through me and, uh, and, and just sort of seeing myself, sorry, vicariously live through him and just see what he's able to learn and just every day learning something new. It's, uh, it's honestly the best thing in the world, especially the age he's at now. He's just, he's, he's about two and a couple months now. Um, and he's, uh, yeah, it's just like every day it's, he learns something new and he's got like a sense of humor and it's just, uh, the the, the real question is what's not to like about being a dad. There's too many good questions. Yeah, absolutely. My kids are uh, six and almost 10.
0: And and man, it's so much fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Last question. This video will actually air on the 18th of January. Who wins the fight McGregor or Cowboy?
1: I'm going to go McGregor on this one only because I think that with it being five rounds and with McGregor just needing to land one shot, and we've seen Cowboy take a lot of damage, been knocked out a lot. I think that happens. Um, but I will say, I think the line, the betting line on this is off a lot. I mean, I think it should be closer to almost a pick 'em because of the fact that Cerrone has, it's, he's Cerrone's not at 55, so he's less susceptible to the knockout. Yep. He's got exceptional cardio. Um, you know, that's one of the things people don't talk about. This guy can go five rounds. McGregor's had some cardio issues in the past. Um, and, and, just the fact that Cerrone's got, I forget how many submission wins, but a lot and all of McGregor's losses have been by submission. So you think if the fight goes later and he's not able to land that shot, kind of like he did with a B, there's a chance that if Cerrone gets us to the ground, he could submit him. So I'll say the pick will be McGregor, but the value for sure is on Donald Cerrone if you're looking bet.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love Cerrone and um, I've never really been a huge fan of Connor, but I I like Cowboy. But, you know, it's interesting to hear Cowboy say that he does not want to take this to the ground. He wants to keep it standing and and kind of put the success and entertain people. So we'll we'll see. I I hope that that Cowboy pulls off the win. Uh, Definitely
1: Connor's got that one hit knockout power, though, for sure. And you got to think the UFC knows what they're doing with this matchmaking because there's a lot of different opponents that they could have put forward. And I see a lot of people yeah. complaining about the Cowboy matchup, but you guys have to remember that, like, this is a business. Connor yeah. loses another fight that's bad for business, you know? Ronda Rousey, I always bring up this example. Ronda Rousey could have fought anyone else on the roster after losing to Holly Holm other than Amanda Nunes, and she probably wins. She fought the worst. She not only fought the toughest pound-for-pound best fighter ever in Amanda Nunez. She also tried to stand and trade with her. Mind right. you, Nunes is a good ground game too, but I always look at that as an example of just a bad business decision. And I know Ronda sort of pushed for that fight, but come on. You, there, there's, there's nothing wrong with a tune-up fight every now and then. Just ask Aaron Pico. Yep, absolutely. Uh, just wanted to also
0: give you an opportunity, James, to just really uh, give a shout-out to your family, teammates, anything like that, man,
1: websites, anything. The, the camera's all yours, man absolutely well I, I think my family is my teammates so uh you know shout out to my wife trisha yeah. my son landon uh, my cat fuji you can't see her on camera but uh in my my older videos you can see him in the background a little bit um but thank you to you man like like i said I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of your show I, l- I like the different approach you take i'm always a fan of video content so it's been uh, awesome to be on here your audience can follow me on twitter and on instagram at lynch on sports that's l-y-n-c-h on sports um the score check out my stuff youtube.com slash the score MMA. We're always trying to do something a little bit different. You know, there's a lot of media outlets out there and, you know, they're all trying to, you know, sort of get to the same rat race of getting the interview up first or getting the bigger names. We're trying a few different things here and, uh, you know, hopefully it pans out and hopefully it's stuff that you guys enjoy and I'm always open to new feedback. So if you guys have any suggestions for video concepts or whatever, let me know. I can do a bit of everything. You know, I can do some interviews, I can do some video features, things like that. So definitely want to find that audience that's looking for something else. So that's what we do at the score. Awesome, man. James, it's such an honor to be able to talk to
0: you. Thank you so much, man, for what you do, and and thank you for taking the time, man. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me on, man. I look forward to
0: it. thank you so much for hanging around. Really appreciate it. If you'd like to see more videos from Top Rated MMA and The Bearded Biz Show, please click the playlist. And also hit subscribe to our channel. Become part of the Top Rated MMA and Bearded Biz community. We would really appreciate your support. Also, please leave a comment below. I will read and respond to all of them. Thank you so much. Have an awesome day.